3, 2, 1. Welcome back, y'all, to the Anyone Can Run podcast, the podcast for psychomaniac fitness fiends just kicking off their journey towards living a healthy and fit lifestyle. It doesn't matter if you're trying to crush your first race. It could be a 5K, a full marathon, or anything in between. Or if you're just looking to progress on the most important race of all, the race of life. I am your host, True Bros, a.k.a. Gabe, a.k.a. the fun-raising Lucha Gamer, and I am an NCCA-certified personal trainer, gamer, and sneakerhead who specializes in helping clients reach their health and fitness goals. This podcast is a blend of motivational words, as I'm also the maestro of motivation. It's a bit of a chronicle of my personal journey on the road to Gainesville. It is certainly some poor attempts at humor, but above all, it's the place where we cover cultivating the marathon mindset and everything else you need to know to help you start your personal fitness journey on the right foot. Before we dive into today's conversation, I have an ask of you, dear listener. It's not a secret. I create content because I want to encourage the young gamers of the world to live a healthy and fit life. I say it all the time on Twitch, and I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it numerous times over the course of our conversations here. However, I also do our humble podcast and create YouTube videos because I have ulterior motives. I want to get an insane number of followers for one reason. For the past six years, Every April and May, my household participates in St. Jude Play Live, which is all about raising money for the children of St. Jude. It's the reason I've done multiple 24-hour streams. It's the reason I have done silly videos on Instagram. I've done all types of crazy stuff, and it's all in an effort to raise money for the children of St. Jude. A little bit of background on yours truly But my first full-time job was at a place where I was helping cancer patients get access to resources they need. I would help them get rides. I would help connect them to local organizations to help with uh, their bills, clothing, anything like that. And I'm happy to report that never once did I need to speak to the families of children going through treatment. And that's 100% because of St. Jude. They were able to get everything they needed taken care of. Because of this, that cause, the St. Jude Play Live fundraiser, is something that's very near and dear to my heart. Our fundraiser for 2021 just kicked off on April 1st, and it runs through May 31st, so two full months. Normally, it's just the month of May or the end of April to May, but this year we're going hard and we're doing two full months of fundraising. We have a humble goal of raising $500 which I'm happy to report we're almost halfway to only a few days in. As I'm recording this, it's April 3rd, Saturday night, and we've already raised $220, which is pretty insane. I've posted about stretch goals of raising $1,500, where if we smash that insane amount, because that's an insane amount for somebody like me, who, yes, I create a lot of a lot of content, but it's not a secret. I don't have the biggest following on any of my platforms. But if we smash that insane amount, I will walk and vlog a half marathon in one of my many luchador masks. I'm asking, if you're able, please pitch in and contribute a few bucks. I never have a paywall behind any of my content. 
I make a fool of myself annually during these things to help raise money. And my wife will tell you, because I've been saying this since 2015 when I started TrueBros.com. My goal, as it relates to all forms of content I create, we're talking here at TrueBros.com on YouTube and Twitch. My goal has always been to get as big as possible. I want the name True Bros out there. I want to be synonymous with Twitch, with podcasting, with YouTube. I want all of that, not so I can do it full time, not so I can make money from it, but so when this annual fundraiser rolls around, we can do some dang good. I'll drop a link to the, our campaign in the description of this podcast, but it's also on my Twitch, my Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, it's everywhere. So if you're able, please contribute. No amount is too small. Now, let's get on to today's topic of discussion. In our last conversation, we discussed why we should live healthy and fit. If you're considering implementing a fundamental lifestyle change and beginning your personal journey on the road to Gainesville, but you aren't really certain if you should, I recommend you go back and give last our last discussion a listen. However, let's say you've already got your mind made up. You want to begin a fitness journey, but you aren't sure about maintaining motivation or really just how to begin. Some people might say, it's so easy, just change your eating habits and begin a workout plan or something to that effect. But that's kind of a loaded statement. Additionally, while those two aforementioned steps of changing your eating habits and beginning a you know exercise regimen are essentially everything you need to do to physically begin that health and fitness journey, it doesn't take into account the mental component. As always, we're dialed into the marathon mentality here, which isn't just for runners. Nah, 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 nah. It's about preparing for, enduring, and ultimately dominating the marathon of life. Living healthy and fit is just one aspect of who we are as individuals, just like our profession is, where we went to school, and who our favorite Star Wars character is. Obviously, it's probably Ahsoka. Today's conversation is going to focus on how to begin your personal journey, on what I've affectionately dubbed the road to Gainesville. We're going to discuss the catalyst for our decision to live healthy and fit, aka our motivation, how we prioritize our health, the means through which we're achieving this progress on our fitness journey, how to actually make progress, overcoming obstacles, and how to change your mindset moving forward to be focused on your health and fitness. Too often, when there are conversations around health and fitness, I find the focus of those to be on the physical aspect. Just like we discussed a second ago, we know living healthy and fit is centered around two things being cognizant of what we're consuming, and regularly engaging in exercise. While it's important to be aware of what steps need to be taken from a physical standpoint, y'all psychomaniac fitness fiends who are regular listeners of Anyone Can Run know dang well our focus here is the marathon mindset or marathon mentality. As such, when we're discussing the steps to begin living healthy and fit, it's important we focus on why we're making this decision. Because this is going to be your initial source of motivation, which will, in turn, help you develop the discipline necessary to stay on the straight and narrow. 
As a certified personal trainer, when I was regularly taking on clients, I had people reach out to me for a number of reasons. And while the circumstances may have been different for each of them, they all shared a couple traits. Each person decided with some degree of certainty they wanted to begin prioritizing their health. Secondly, they each had a distinct personal reason for making this decision. I personally believe this to be one of the most important components of beginning a workout plan because the reason that you're doing it, the reason you're making this decision, means that it's something special to you. Beginning to take inventory of your physical and mental health is ultimately a decision that you make for you. You're choosing to better yourself. And at the end of the day, this is not a bad thing. Maybe it's because more than half the clients I worked with were parents, but I would occasionally see or pick up on tinges of guilt in the eyes of some of my clients, especially in the early stages of our professional relationship. It didn't take a long conversation to figure out that they felt some guilt about doing something for themselves. And I completely see where they're coming from in this regard. If you're a new listener here, let me reiterate. During the course of our conversations, I'm always going to lay out my thought process when it comes to decisions I've made. Whether or not you agree with my conclusions or even the steps I took to reach them are immaterial in my estimation. As long as we can understand and empathize and see how one another reached a specific decision, in my book, this is bound to increase our perspective. I've always believed it to be of immense value to see where someone is coming from, because this helps us reach a point where we can have a discussion. And at the end of the day, that's what all of our conversations here at Anyone Can Run are. I'm not the end-all, be-all voice in the health and fitness community, because no one is. But the world could use a little more understanding. And that's why I'm always going to detail my thought process. I bring this up because even though I'm not a parent, I've got social, professional, and family obligations of my own. And I know that feeling. When you love someone or something is important to you and you can't physically be there or devote the time that you feel like you should, it hurts. Maybe that's my uh, Latino guilt speaking, but hey, I think that sentiment is something we can all identify with. However, I've always believed if you can't take care of yourself, you certainly can't take care of anyone else. And that applies to both a physical and mental perspective. Maybe it's just me. But when I hear that statement that I just said, you know, if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anyone else, my mind immediately goes to the mental component, and I think that's for good reason. Things like confidence and being self-aware and knowing our self-worth and our mental health are extremely important and should always be emphasized. However, this should not come at the expense of our physical selves. When I decided to begin my health and fitness journey in college, and I first began lifting weights, I just wanted to get stronger. I was probably 19 years old, and had always been kind of a skinny twig who was really sick when they were younger, so I wanted to bolster my mind and body. Right when I was around 27, I decided to sign up for my first marathon on a whim with a few months' notice. 
if for some reason you haven't heard it yet, the full story of that is available in our inaugural episode. But I did so because I wanted to provide, I still had that elusive quote unquote it. I wanted to prove to myself I could knock out a 26.2 mile hitter despite never being much of a runner. As I'm a few years removed from obtaining my personal training certification and I've knocked out multiple races since then, my focus has been less on high mileage and races and shifted more towards improving my overall health. When I worked with clients, they reached out to me for a variety of reasons. Some had upcoming events they wanted they wanted to quote unquote get ready for or get in shape for, like a vacation or a child's wedding. Some had a heart-to-heart conversation with their medical professional and knew they needed to make a change, but wanted the guidance of a professional in the gym because hey, it can be scary beginning a new endeavor. And if you go into the gym and aren't really sure what you're doing, there's a chance you may get injured or even just waste your time. I don't want to fixate too much on individual reasons as to why you should begin your health and fitness journey. They're just too many to count. And regardless, my goal here isn't to turn you into a psychomaniac fitness fiend. I don't tell anyone what to do, not unless they're paying me to do so. But what I want to do is illustrate Each of the reasons we just discussed are inherently personal to the individual, and that's of immense importance. Once you make that decision to begin your health and fitness journey, it can be fun to speak to a professional like a trainer, begin looking into clothes for working out, spend a bunch of time researching gyms or fitness plans, or even just talking to people about what's worked for them. It's easy to get caught up when looking into something new, and there's nothing wrong with that. However, let's talk about when that new veneer wears off. Or better yet, odds are if you're listening to this podcast, at least once in your life you've lifted heavy weights, or even just spent a day moving a bunch of heavy stuff around your house. Do you remember how you felt the day or two days after that first big lifting session? where your arms were so sore that you couldn't even lift them, or your legs were so beat that you could barely get out of bed? I remember those early days well. I'm happy to report I haven't been sore in, uh, honestly, probably a few years at this point. But let me tell you, when you're so sore it feels like pain, and you're mentally wrestling with the prospect of doing what got you to that point again... All the fun stuff in the world isn't going to bolster your mental state. The human body is amazing and will bounce back quickly and will soon adapt to those workouts in a week or two. That incredible soreness will be something you never experience again. But I know when I was first so sore I couldn't really move. Heck, I didn't want to go work out again. It's only natural to not want to dive back into something that led to a sucky experience, even if you know in the back of your mind that it's going to be a short-term deal. What will help you get back to the gym or your living room and work out again is your reason for beginning your fitness journey in the first place, your personal motivation for working out. You don't need to tell anyone why you've made a decision for yourself. 
investing in yourself is something that I personally believe never needs to be justified to anyone, to anything. It doesn't matter if we're talking about time in the gym, money for healthy foods, skincare, whatever. Choosing to prioritize your health and fitness and the time investment it takes, though, is something you absolutely need to be able to justify to yourself. A reason doesn't need to be quote-unquote good enough or anything like that. It just needs to make sense to you. So long as it's personal and it's something that really matters to you, your reasoning for beginning your health and fitness journey needs to be something that you keep at the forefront of your mind. When it comes to devoting our time and brain power to something new, if you don't care about it on a personal level, in my book, the odds of you sticking to it are much lower. On the subject of time, I mean, that's literally our most valuable resources individuals. Because of that, it can be difficult to carve out time for something new, even if it is of immense importance like our physical well-being. As such, a logical point of discussing how we prioritize our health and fitness is from a time perspective. Even if you don't feel like it, and I'm guessing that's very few of you, our days are pretty chock full between work and family and cooking and errands and playing video games like I do. It can be difficult to implement changes to a daily routine for something new, especially if it's something you're unfamiliar with. When I first began going to the gym in college, it was easy for me from a time perspective because I would literally spend 12 hours on campus as I was commuting. So I had a couple extra hours to kill so I could just head to the gym. Gave me something to do. I'm the sort of person who loves to schedule and make plans. But I know not everyone has the sort of personality where they derive utility from that. Because of this, all I'm going to say on the matter is, if you're in the process of prioritizing your health and fitness, be conscious of the time investment this is going to take and the impact that's going to have on your daily routine. I love showering after working out, so I typically need to carve out an hour and a half from my day, which consists of going for a run, coming back and cooling down for a few minutes, and then going to shower. I'm fortunate with my work schedule, I can do that either before or after work, but sometimes it's not practical to knock that out during a particularly busy day. Maybe that means I'm only doing a 30-minute yoga session or I'm doing a bodyweight session which takes around half an hour as well. I personally plan my quote-unquote free time of my day around working out as this really helps me maintain my stress and sanity level. For me, working out is a way to clear my head and relax. However, this is from the perspective of someone who has been exercising regularly for years. Whatever you do, when you're beginning your health and fitness journey and are in the process of prioritizing your time and schedule, don't create an adversarial relationship with the process. Words have power. And because of that, it's important to not think, oh, I have to work out or I have to do this, right? It's not a pain. It's not an obligation. It's a reward and a way for you to practice self-care. Just keep that in mind. So let's say that now you found your personal motivation for beginning your health and fitness journey, and you found time in your schedule to work out regularly and or prepare meals if you want. I never cook. 
So let's focus on the means through which you're making progress, meaning what you are actually physically doing. As we've discussed, there are two primary things which make up living a healthy and fit lifestyle. Exercising and being cognizant of what you're consuming. I'm not a registered dietitian or a nutritionist, so I'm never going to tell you what you should be eating. However, I'd hazard a guess that we all know what it means to eat healthy, avoiding processed stuff, eating more fruits and vegetables, that sort of thing. I'm all about the plant-based life because of how it makes me feel, but that's just me. To me, living a healthy and fit lifestyle is all about feeling energetic, light, and strong. We've done a previous episode on eating for a marathon, as well as a full conversation on how we think about food in the archives. And truth be told, I've got another idea for a food discussion down the line. Regardless, the topic of today's conversation is about what we physically do as part of the process of living healthy and fit. So we're going to focus on the means through which we progress, which is, you know, your actual physical activity. It took me way too many years on earth to have this realization. But if you don't enjoy something, you shouldn't do it. I bring this up because if I don't actively enjoy something, I ain't devoting a second of my time to it. The exception to this is, you know, work, because even if you don't love every second of work, you're not going to love every second of everything. And I'm very fortunate to have a career at a place I enjoy that helps me provide for my family. Obviously, I don't really love washing the car or cleaning the bathroom, but hey, there are some things you got to do for your own sanity. For the purpose of today's conversation, we're talking about what exercises we're physically engaging in. Let's say you've made your decision and you're ready to begin working out, but you absolutely detest running and there's no coming around to it for you. If you hate every second when you're actually running, even if you're motivated, how long do you think that you're going to stick with it? A week? A month? Regardless of how focused and motivated you are, if you absolutely loathe something, my guess is your odds of sticking to it aren't very high. Working out is a form of self-care everyone can complete, regardless of circumstance or their socioeconomic situation. It doesn't take much space or time to go for a run or a walk or do push-ups in your living room or at a park. And because of this wide scope, from living room workouts to rock climbing to full-on high-end gyms, you have a plethora of options for working out. You can skateboard, ride your bike, lift dumbbells, kettlebells, use battle ropes, do bodyweight exercises, jump rope, rock climb, hike, swim. There are literally countless options for engaging in physical activity. So long as you've a willingness to spend some time finding out what you actually enjoy doing, you're bound to find something which floats your boat from a resistance and cardiovascular exercise perspective. This is important. Because if you enjoy what you're doing, then you'll be happy when you're working out. Especially when we're trying to cultivate our marathon mentality. It's important to set ourselves up for success from both a mental and physical perspective. This means not just deriving satisfaction from working out, but actual happiness or, you know, just fun. Because it will take some time to get to a point where you find out what working out means to you. Like we've discussed. For me, exercise is a time to clear my head, 
focus on myself and think through things I enjoy working on, such as content. For you, working out could be any number of things. In the early stages, though, we want to get in the habit of engaging in physical exercise regularly. And since it'll take some time to get accustomed to incorporating working out into your schedule, we want to make the entire process as easy as possible. I've read that it takes, I think, 28 days to develop a habit or a routine or what have you. So especially in those early stages, right, we want to do our best to set ourselves up for success. This may seem like a no-brainer to some, but I've worked with plenty of clients who came to me and said something to the effect of, yeah, I really hate working out. And when we, we begin to unpack what they mean by that, it's typically something along the lines of not enjoying a specific type of exercise. I remember working with someone who absolutely loved being in the gym lifting weights. He was a psychomaniac. He would be at the gym constantly lifting weights, but he detested cardio. When I inquired what he did for it, right, or what the cardio exercises he had tried were, he said they would he would typically do 20 to 30 minutes uh, or use the elliptical 20 to 30 minutes on the elliptical or running. And that was pretty much it. So when he made clear that he couldn't stand doing running or the elliptical, I asked how their time spent on it felt, right? So how did he feel when he was actually running or doing the elliptical? And the answer was he wasn't satisfied at all. And he felt like he was just going through the motions, wasting time. So when I asked why they continued to do that instead of trying something else out, They were at a loss for words because they hadn't even considered that. This person was doing pretty well from a physical perspective, but struggled with the consistency that's key to progressing on the road to Gainesville. This was due to the mental roadblocks they'd established for themselves by continually engaging in exercises they don't care for or they didn't care for. I believe I got them to shift to, I want to say it was a Stairmaster, or maybe it was the rowing machine and some high intensity high intensity calisthenics. I forget what it was, but I picked stuff like that to try to minimize the amount of time spent doing cardio. But I bring this up because I had many similar experiences with other clients as well. These are individuals who have the drive and the willingness to try something else, but they came to me for guidance, which is absolutely a great reason to reach out to a professional. Sometimes We're just too deep in the forest to see the trees. And all we really need is an outsider's perspective. Think of it like Ratatouille, when the food critic goes to the restaurant and they're like, what would you like for dinner, sir? And he's like, perspective. Oh, you're fresh out of perspective. I don't know. Ratatouille's a masterpiece. But I don't want to get too sidetracked. It's a great movie. You haven't seen it? Go watch it. What were we we talking about? Oh, 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 I remember. It's important that we spend our free time doing things we enjoy. And in my eyes, practicing self-care is fantastic from both a mental and physical standpoint. Exercising absolutely takes care of both our body and mind, so long as we're engaging in an activity we enjoy, or at the very least are open to enjoying. You got to be open to try new things and to give things a chance. Spend some time trying new things and getting out of your comfort zone. When you've committed to living a healthy and fit lifestyle, that's a very big change. And it's one that is worthy of praise, since you're showing a willingness to invest in yourself. I figure, 
it makes sense to spend a little time finding out what you enjoy. So you're doing the absolute most for yourself. Once we've decided to get fit, we've made the time. We've decided on a couple things we're going to do, like running and lifting weights for exercise. So that's how we're actually going to progress. The next thing we should consider is how to make progress and overcome any inevitable obstacles which may arise. From the first day we work out, we should catalog our efforts. As a runner, every time I go out and pound the pavement, I use my running watch to track my speed and mileage, and this is then fed into a couple apps I've been using for years. Anytime we do a race recap, I can quickly scroll back to the months before race day and recall how my training cycle went as I've access to the maps and all the quantitative data from each run. There have been plenty of times where I felt like I was stuck in a rut from a progress perspective as it relates to running, but a quick flip through the data I've accumulated over the years illustrates, some, illustrates something specific, such as increased mileage, more consistency in actually going out and running, or something else personal to me. When it comes to lifting weights or resistance training, for years, I used a big desktop calendar, and I'd write down the sets, reps, weight, and the rest I was doing for each day. Now, I just use a little notebook, and I write the date and the exercises I did, the weights, the reps, and the number of sets. Maybe it's just the planner or the gamer in me, but I always love seeing the calendar or the notebook fill up with my handwriting because it's visible and it's a tangible reminder of how much effort I've been putting into my workouts. Like we discussed just a couple minutes ago, it's easy to get so caught up in the moment you may not actually feel like you're progressing. I remember working with a client specifically who for the first couple months we worked together, they would really just not heed my advice when it came to running. They were brand new to running. They wanted to get into it and they tracked all their runs because I suggested they do that. However, they could only run or lightly jog, whatever you want to call it. I always call it running about 30 seconds at a time. I advised them to slow down their average pace just a little bit so they could extend that running time to 45 seconds, but they would just not do it. I could tell they wouldn't do it because I had all this data, right? <laughs> After a couple months, they came to me frustrated because they couldn't really run for longer than 30 seconds at a time. So when I rightly pointed out that they were paying me and should have listened, but actually, you know, I did it with uh, some tact because I'm not a meanie panini. I also had them pull up their data over those past two months. While the actual number of miles they'd accrued over that time frame hadn't gone up drastically, I want to say their average pace per mile had improved by about 50 or 60 seconds. I forget the exact amount. But this was tangible proof their work had been paying off. However, because they hadn't been heeding my advice, they didn't necessarily feel as if they were progressing. Needless to say, after that meeting, they actually began to adhere to my requests and we were able to adjust their training plan. But this little anecdote serves as a nice illustration of both this and our next point. A standard principle of resistance training is called progressive overload, which essentially means as a training plan progresses, weight increases, which affords our muscles the ability to grow. 
This is kind of an oversimplification, and we'll detail this principle when we cover resistance training in depth in a later conversation. But I bring this up because any traditional weight training plan is going to call for lighter weight and higher reps in the beginning while gradually increasing the weight and dropping the number of reps. But who remembers how much weight and how many reps they lifted four weeks ago last Tuesday? My guess is not very many people. And this illustrates why it's important to keep track of all of our progress. We need to record all of our efforts in a way which is convenient and easy to reference for us, so we can both monitor our progress and use it as motivation down the road. Which seems like a natural point to transition to the other side of the progression coin, which is obstacles. Injury, mental and physical fatigue, unexpected obligations which sap up your time. Just as there are countless options for us to engage in physical activity, there are a number of factors which can hinder our progression on our journey towards living a healthy and fit lifestyle. We've dedicated an entire previous episode on breaking through mental barriers if you'd like to dig into that some more. However, for the purpose of today's conversation, let's juxtapose both progression and obstacles. For the longest time, when it came to working out, I was an eternal stop starter. I would always find a training plan, typically in fitness magazines or on magazine websites. I'd stick to it for three to four weeks, and then I'd kind of fizzle out for a month before beginning another plan. Granted, this was prior to my getting into running regularly. However, I was struggling with developing consistency. From the time period between ages of like 18 to 27, this was all I did. I never really progressed the way I wanted to from a physical standpoint because I was getting in my own way mentally. As far as how to prevent that from happening, there are a few things we want to keep in mind. Obviously, the motivation which helped us kick off our journey towards living a healthy and fit lifestyle. Especially now, as my reasoning has kind of shifted primarily towards focusing on my overall health, it's been pretty easy for me to maintain my consistency. Whatever your reasoning, you don't want to lose sight of it. Additionally, we want to constantly record our efforts, so we've always a reminder of the progress we've made. Because whenever you feel like you aren't improving at the rate you want, or you feel like you're just kind of spinning the wheels. It serves as a clear-cut example of how far you've come in a short amount of time. I remember working with a client who hadn't engaged in regular physical activity, in no joke, like 16 years, maybe it was 17. After the first month of working with me twice a week, they'd completed eight workouts. In their head, they thought that that wasn't much. But think about it, right? Literally no exercising for 16 years, and then you've done cardio and resistance training eight times in one month? That's insane progress. But when you're first starting out, it's easy to get dejected. This is why we do everything in our power to help protect and cultivate our marathon mindset. Because no one else is going to help our frame of mind. We've already done deep conversations about recovery and plowing through mental setbacks, so I don't want to dive too deep into overcoming those specific types of obstacles. But the primary takeaway is this. If we protect our marathon mindset, 
whenever we encounter obstacles, which will happen inevitably, we're more likely to plow through or find a way to work around them. Up to this point, you've made the decision to live healthy and fit, congratulations. You've carved the time out for it because you're awesome. You've decided the workouts you're going to engage in and you're willing to try multiple things. You're monitoring your progress and you're using that as well as your personal motivation to help overcome any mental impediments. So, whew, you're a hot shot. The last thing we want to consider is how to keep going, develop consistency, and to keep cultivating that marathon mentality moving forward. As we literally just covered for the last few minutes, it's very important to keep track of all of your efforts because you can use that as an additional form of motivation. To prevent ourselves from just becoming a stop starter like I was for years, it's important to bear in mind every step you've made to reach the point where you're at. When you change your lifestyle to prioritize your health and fitness, that means your eating habits change. You're opting for healthier options when you're dining out. You're buying smarter eats when you're at the grocery store. You're carving out time to exercise and are making it an integral part of your day. While you're in that process, one thing I want you to keep in mind is how you're feeling from a mental and physical standpoint. In mid-February, we had a winter storm here in Texas I did a vlog on, and we were without power for nearly two days and didn't have clean water for almost a week. For the six weeks before that, I'd been practically entirely plant-based and having to shift back to incorporating meat and dairy and all that into my diet meant I felt absolutely atrocious. Like I felt physically sick, like I had the flu or something, literally just from changing my eating habits. Almost a week after I was back to feeling quote unquote normal again, but that normal was something I didn't know that my body was actually feeling bad, if that makes sense. My stomach would always feel a little heavy, or I'd feel just a tiny bit bloated. And although none of that prohibited me from having high energy levels or working out regularly, when I transitioned to a plant-based diet, I've just felt so much better. I never noticed my stomach at all. My energy's been off the charts, and I just felt like a million bucks. I bring this up because if you've ever heard a conversation here at Anyone Can Run, you know I'm all about going by feel. When you begin the process of living healthy and fit, keep in mind of how you're physically feeling and never lose sight of how you felt previously. Even when you think everything is great, like I did prior to shifting to a plant-based diet, I couldn't believe how much better I felt when I implemented that change. One of the primary reasons I direct so much of our efforts here at Anyone Can Run towards those who are just beginning their health and fitness journey is because I remember those early days. I remember how it felt to be so sore that I couldn't lift my arms after my first real gym session or being able to only lightly jog for a minute or two and then being super winded, like just completely gassed. In those beginning stages, can be difficult to see the light at the end of the tunnel. But I'm here to tell you, your body 
your physical body, the person who is listening to me right now, whether you're driving, whether you're walking, whether you're running, whether you're not paying attention to your job that you're doing because you're listening to me at the office and you're just jamming out and you're just kind of droning away and pounding the keyboard. Your body is amazing in just a short amount of time. And in the grand scheme of things, a month or six weeks is really not that long you'll begin to notice extraordinary changes. As far as keeping on the straight and narrow on the road to Gainesville, the best thing I can say to you, the psychomaniac fitness fiend, is to remember where you started. Recognize how far you've come and think about how you're actually feeling. Dollars to donuts. Once you make that change, I bet you're going to be feeling a whole heck of a lot better. And if you feel good, baby, baby, dang near anything is possible. I appreciate you spending some time with me today, and I hope you're seeing what I see, that truly anyone can run the road to Gainesville. We've come up with a new cadence for releasing content from, well, really, it's me who's come up with this cadence for my releasing content, but I'm alternating between dropping a YouTube video one week and then a podcast episode the next week. So we drop new episodes here every other Monday. And if it's a Monday where you're not getting one of my inspiring conversations in your ear holes, you can just go to the YouTube and you're going to see something and it's going to be awesome. It might be a vlog. It might be gaming. I don't know what it is, but we're alternating those content releases, whether it's videos, podcasts, what have you. So I say that because we drop episodes every other Monday. Unless, uh, you know, I'm out of ideas for a conversation. So make sure you smash that subscribe button on your podcast app of choice. I don't care if it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, smash that subscribe button. And then while you're at it, why don't you just open up YouTube, drop the flying elbow off the top rope onto that subscribe button on the YouTube as well. I mean, why not, right? If you're already hitting one button, you might as well hit them all. If you've ever got questions or ideas for a topic you'd like covered in a future episode, feel free to hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at AnyoneCanRunPod, or just comment it in a YouTube video. Let me know in the Twitch gym when I'm live. Just swing by, come in the chat, let me know like, hey, you know what, you should do a podcast episode on this. If you enjoy Anyone Can Run, notify another potential fitness fiend or someone who wants to kick off their journey on the road to Gainesville so we can all help one another live a healthy and fit lifestyle. If you want to show some extra support for your favorite fitness podcast, please go over to twitch.tv slash truebros and smash that follow button. Find us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, or just leave a quick rating and review in your podcast app of choice. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Anyone Can Run podcast. And if you did, don't forget to pound that subscribe button. If you didn't enjoy it well, you get what you pay for. And regardless, I look forward to seeing you on the road to Gainesville.